This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest fan listeners, and welcome to episode 170 of the Radio Freest fan podcast, a horse heresy wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host Derek here. Go and say what's going on, Derek. What's going on, Derek? And we have a pretty nice little episode for you guys. I know we missed uh, the last episode. It's been yeah, a- yeah. We lo- we lost some time. Some stuff kind of came up. Uh, some very important stuff that we yeah. will talk about for sure. Uh, we got you today, though. <laughs> we are here. We're here now. <laughs> uh, we do have some uh, pretty nice little episode. We got some. We got our. Uh, we're talk about what's been going on. We're gonna talk. We're gonna go into some voicemails, some hobby progress. Yeah. And uh, there's gonna be a lot of banter in between. Y'all are gonna hear a cool story from me. It's wild. I promise. I haven't even told Derek the story yet. Is honestly, I've not heard it, and uh, I have a feeling. Uh, you guys are going to enjoy it because it does feel borderline like one of our old voicemails, but I happen to me. God, I hope so. <laughs> so, uh, just some general announcements, guys, uh, out the gate. We do want to congratulate from the discord side. Um, by the way, our discord is warhammerdiscord.com. Uh, you can hop right into the radio first fan discord. It's popping all the time from the 40 K side to the horse heresy side. It is always going, but we do have a painting competition mm. monthly. And within that painting competition, uh, last month we had a character as our category and powerful, powerful. I know you're listening right now. Aaron won with his beautiful, mm. not even horse heresy related. It's a, it a gorgeous. It was a night haunt character whose name I do not know. She was the lady with the sheet on her face, but Gosh dang, and did did he barely outpace your Ragnar? How does that feel, Derek? You know, I voted for him. I voted for him, too. <laughs> Sorry to say. <laughs> no, he did good. And uh, especially because he was giving me a little bit of flags. Like, man, why are you hyping me up like that? Now I got to now I got to you know pull out all the stops for this competition. And hey, jokes on you. You won 50 bucks to your friendly <laughs> local gaming store to Legacy Gaming is who he chose. Uh, absolutely a beautiful run on that one, Aaron. Very proud of you, uh, especially because he just got back into the hobby. Like he's just getting his wheels turning. He's starting yeah. to get his, his, uh, his, uh, uh, yeah, he's going into like Zone Mortalis and other like lower model count games. So it's like storage isn't a big issue. As someone who's just bought a bunch of his models that he was <laughs> selling recently when he was getting out of the hobby. It kind of it's kind of weird to see you back, and it's like, <laughs> oh hey, what's up? Oh yeah, I bought your bottles at super discounts when you were leaving. Nice to see you back, Aaron. <laughs> and you're just giving it 150. percent But what's crazy is like what he's doing is he's trickling himself back into the hobby, yeah. And so he's doing like everything to the max and like right, you know? Yeah. And so uh, yeah, he's he's been talking about a Zomortalis force he wants to pull the trigger on. I think, I think we got to get some ZM going on at the shop now. I think he knows the the downside of uh, like the pile of shame, and yeah. so he's like really reserved on the stuff he's buying, and like not wanting to 
get overwhelmed again. Like I guess last time happened, he just kind of got over it and all that stuff. And so he's like only painting, uh, what he, uh, or only, uh, buying what he can paint and get going. So good job. Good on you, Aaron. That's a good way to do it. Good on you. So love to see it. So for this month, guys, yes, September, September, uh, we have vehicles as the category. Now, just to keep in mind, this did start on the 1st of September. The secret code for this month is... Talarn. Yeah, Talarn. I remember, I was like, I was like, I picked something vehicle-related. Yes, okay. It is Talarn. There's a number of entries already. If you're going to paint up a vehicle, you want to submit it to the competition, just make sure it's primed, not painted, uh, or unassembled, any of those things. We even have some people that send us, like, STLs of, like, stuff they're going to oh. print. Like, wild. Uh, but yeah, vehicle is a choice for this month. If you do win, it is fifty dollars towards your local gaming store. Fifty dollars U.S. Yes, uh, whatever that converts into if you're outside the U.S. Powerful, powerful Patreon providers allow us to have this competition, and uh, uh, I think this month we might actually have a first and second place. We'll see. Nice. It'll be a surprise. So uh, that being said, uh, what other announcements do we have? Let's see. So we went over the Discord painting competitions. Um, I think that's it. Accountability Buddies announced their winner last week. Congratulations. Congratulations to Age of Darkness winner. Very, very excited for that. That was a fun little competition. Powerful Elric Hobbies out there for supporting them on that level. Uh, Elric Hobbies provided the bases. The box itself was apparently provided by Flying Phoenix Games. Mm. Just want to do a quick... uh, Quick shout out, little, little, little correction on that because I know I I kind of missed that when I went over it. Sorry, guys, but uh, yeah, Flying Phoenix Games. So very cool, very cool announcements on that end. Uh, we got a little peek at Fulgrim and uh, his rules. Yeah, well, not so much not, the not rules, his, but not points. the rules, just his stat line. And uh, it, I would have never guessed Fulgrim. I knew we were going to get a Primark. Fulgrim, though, like that's on my wish list, but I would have never put money on that. He was as hot as I expect him to be. Like he's a good-looking oh. model too. Oh no, a buddy of mine was talking about the uh, the more recent 40k novels where like Gilliman comes back and he like faces off against Fulgrim, and the way they describe Fulgrim in the novels, you the reader canonically are attracted to Fulgrim. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're like why? Why am I sweating? <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah, like, I'm gonna go take a break. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, I do think it's wild. They said, "Oh, by the way, this model will not be getting 40k rules." Yeah, no, it will not. I I think I think that's a serviceable Fulgrim for 40k. I don't. I haven't read a lot of the current 40k Emperor's Children lore. I feel yeah. like uh, I can't wait to see some of the 3D printed uh, upgrades to him that make him 40k Fulgrim. Should be just should just be interesting. Add, add three or four inches to him. Yeah, baby. I was looking. I'm pretty sure he's going to be on a 100 mil base. Just based on like assuming his torso is a little bit bigger than the 30k unascended Fulgrim. Yeah, and that would also put his base size in line with the plastic 40k Demon Primarchs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And. I don't know if you want to go into that. People were talking to me about it, and I was like, I know they don't have a book announced for that particular window because we're supposed to be getting in this fall, according to our roadmap. But I wouldn't be shocked to see him in a PDF, and I wouldn't be. I I, I think it'd be cool if that PDF also included Angron, Mortarian, and Magnus. 
God dang. And said, hey, just use the plastic ones. We're that, cool with selling those. Yeah, that would probably be how I would imagine that happening. Uh, I'm cool with the book. The old Exemplary Battles Volume 1. With everything. That'd be excellent. So, do you not see that? No, I could definitely see that because it'd be easy to go. They've already got it already ready to go. They've no, already got the fluff. Did you the announcement? No. So, we're getting Exemplary, ba- Exemplary Battles Volume 1, the book, releasing with Fulgrim. Oh, so they're going to combine all of the current Exemplary Battle uh, PDFs? Five. There's four old ones and then one new one that will presumably have Fulgrim. Oh. So they call out specifically Night Lords, Ultramarines, Iron Warriors, and Salamanders. Okay. So we're, I'm thinking they also showed pictures of the Nemesis Destroyers. So it looks like they might be taking another pass at the Ultramarines, Nemesis Destroyers. Iron Warriors, uh, Dominators. Okay. The uh, Purifiers for the Salamanders, and then possibly the Atreminar for Night Lords. Yeah, yeah. I'd be cool with those getting another glance over. I've got Ultramarines Destroyers in my Ultramarines. I don't run them with that data slate. I run them with, uh, I run them as Seekers. Right. Because I think that's a better, cool unit with Bolters. Mm-hmm. versus, oh, this is a unit with bolters and whatever they shoot has to take a leadership check as if they took casualties. I was like, I'd rather have the cool, like, different ammo. Different ammo, yeah. Interesting. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, it, it definitely was uh, something I could see happening. Yeah, I think that was a welcome surprise. That way, I don't expect to see the other Demon Primarchs, but, you know, who knows? I would like to see the other Demon Primarchs. If they're going to fill out a book, I think it's going to take a little bit more than just going over five exemplary battles, which were, what, like four or five pages of like game content plus fluff around that particular conflict. They've been given a lot of traitor love recently here. Oh. So I could definitely see where we're going to get, you know, maybe an Angron, maybe a Mortarian. The the traitor love has been continuing to pour uh, this week even. With the new corrupted knights rules for traitor houses, how many how many years before we get a perturabo <laughs> ascended? Like it, like I don't know, man. I always see that comic book where it's like uh, all of the uh, <laughs> like all of the the uh, actual like chaos gods, and it's like. You can have Angron, and you can like have the Fulgrim. One. They're all hey, picking. What about, hey, what about that one in the corner? And he's just like curs. He just starts yelling and runs at them, and they all just like scream and panic. <laughs> well, I saw one. It's like, what are we gonna do with him? Is like, oh, he's fine. It's just Perturabo in a box. Like, yeah, yeah, you just see like, the top of his forehead. <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay, well, I think that's all of them, right? Yeah, we didn't miss any of them. And then it cuts to just outside. It's raining. And there's a cardboard box with the Iron Warriors sitting in it. <laughs> Yeah, that's how, how I feel sometimes. <laughs> Poor Bertie. He's evil, but not evil enough. <laughs> like, nah, nah, we're good. I just like the idea behind the Dominators. It's like the his old honor guard before all, like, all the stuff went down. He's like, no, no, I'm building robots. You guys are fired. I'm building robots. <laughs> you guys never will meet my expectations. <laughs> so if you run them in game, they get like hatred automata because they took her gerbs. Oh, yeah. They took our gerbs. Took her gerbs. That's when AI <laughs> replaced <laughs> replaced all the Ford manufacturers. <laughs> Still a problem. So, but yeah, the Trader Knight rules are fun. Instead of running the household ranks, it's just a different set of upgrades you can give them 
Yep. Uh, some of them have slightly different weapons. Some of them give you like psychic stuff you can do. I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's kind of weird that if you just take a knight in your Lord of War detachment, it can't have a household upgrade. But it can't have a. But it could have one of these. Yep. So traders get all the fun. You get a spooky knight, but not a loyal knight. No. But a spooky knight, yes. Yeah. <laughs> get you get you the new uh, not the desecrator. What was the new one with like the mammoth horns and the tentacle arm? Because one of the one of the upgrades, it, I think it's meant to represent that tentacle arm. Where it's like got the three like cyber lashes and it gives you like sudden strike two. No idea. But now I I I know, I, cool I know what the knight looks like. I know what the kit looks like. Yeah. Sign me up for that. But yeah, some cool love for traders. I yeah. Think. They got their new champion. I just saw their champion drop today. Dude, that model is hot. It's thick. But I do get the uh some people in the Discord were clowning on it saying it looks like a third party model a little bit. Yeah, it does look a little bit chunkier than than even but he does look more like a it, war machine like Well, it's got like the extra legally distinct details. Yeah. Like it's got this extra plate going up the gorget and the helmet's a different style. Like they ripped some like 3D <laughs> modelers model off a of Colts and were like, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> hey, by the way, Colts, can you uh, do us a solid? <laughs> Just go and they, they bought the STL and then had him pull it. <laughs> oh, that's safe. Oh, that's some player hater stuff right there. No, I think it's just a new designer they're trying out, and they're like, yeah, give us a model. And he's like, here's a champion model. I think it's pretty cool. And he's so used to designing I feel legally this, distinct models. I feel the same way looking at that champion that I do looking at the entire Heresy Dark Angels range, which is, as a Space Wolves player at heart, I'm infuriated. Because there's nothing you can do with that thing. <laughs> well, it looks great, but look at the Viragra Terminators. Yes. Like, you know, I, I don't want to keep bringing it back to that. Well, you do. Maybe I do want to just keep bringing it back to that. I'm just saying, come on, y'all. I'm trying to like. But it's a, it's a stellar model. I love that model. He's great. I don't know that I would run him in what I'm currently doing. But I think for a Praetor, he looks baller. Like, he just looks great. You know what? Looking at this guy, right? And I'm thinking to myself, like, how would I paint this guy as a blood angel? Like, as a blood angel player, how would I paint him? He looks like a hypothetical, like, what if this Lord of the Rings character, like, what if Sauron was in power armor? Think about him completely gold clad with mm -hmm. a open face. How sexy he would look. When you say open face, like no helmet? Or no like helmet. Because we don't need no helmet. No, he's got a, you got an iron halo for that. Yeah, he'll be okay. No, nah, I'm, I'm digging him. I like his giant cape. I like uh, I like the capes. Oh, yeah. No, that model is dope. And he's got a lot of detail without it being too, like, specific. They, they call it out as a traitor champion. I don't think there's anything stopping, you know. He did have an eye of horse on his belt. Uh... Yeah, you got me there. And on his uh, hand that you won't be able to see, but damn. Oh wait, it's on the other side. You barely see it over there. <sighs> You're gonna have to do a little bit of sanding if you want him to be a loyalist. We'll be all right. You're, you'll be fine. <laughs> loyalists get enough already. <laughs> As traders just got knights and chitons and automata. Don't ask me if you can upgrade a chitan to be a uh, to have the infernal household stuff. I don't know how that works with him being 
just Mechanicum faction versus being Divisio Tactica. I don't know. Some people are saying you can run them in a night house. Some people are saying you can't. Honestly, I don't. I don't really. It doesn't affect me either way. The way it's worded kind of leads me to believe that you shouldn't be able to do it, but I don't think it's going to like break the game wide open. Like upgrading a Lancer, a Castigator for 20 points into a Kaitan. It's a cool upgrade. It's still going to do about what it does. I'll look through it. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can break it. But yeah, uh, that stuff's super cool, super exciting. Um, I don't think we're going to like break it down just yet. No, we need more time with it, to be honest with you. I'm just kind of getting back in. Yeah. I do want to talk about that. I do want to explain what happened last week because it's pretty significant. Yes. And and the story ties on to this, right? Okay. Okay. So as you guys okay. know. I do know a little bit about the story. I did hear some of the overview of it, but. Okay. Hell yeah. yeah. So so as you guys know, uh, I'm a cat lover, you know, and I've got a few cats. Yeah. Derek's very familiar with Red. She's there here with us right now. cats here in the room with us now. Yes. And uh, uh, we have. These two cats, I have red and gray, who were both strays at my old house. And they lived outside long before we brought them inside. We I didn't bring them inside until I moved over here. That's when yeah. we started letting them come inside and all that stuff. So they've always kind of just been wild and do yeah, their they, thing. They're street cats. They're street cats. They, they're from the streets, and they will remind you. Yeah. They can hunt. They can protect themselves. They can eat outside. They can do everything like that. And I know all of you Australians out there are losing your mind right now. But it is what it is. America is a little bit different. Australians hate <laughs> like stray cats. I promise. I get it all the time. Okay. I, I had when I had my TikTok about uh, cat shelters. There was a very a lot so of angry wreck Australians havoc on like the native bird populations. Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah. And it's been it's been protected forever, like I, I millions of years. Australia has been like on its own, and then stray cats come in and they just okay. wreck everything. I, I can understand it from that from that perspective. Yeah. So. I get it, guys. I get it. So anyway, so uh, my two cats, gray and red, they got brought to us by their by their mama uh, during Hurricane Harvey, and we fed them, brought them up, raised them, did all that jazz. And uh, when I moved over here, we were feeding them outside, and I was like, well, I can't expect the new owner of this house to feed these two stray cats, but I do love them because they're sweet. Mm -hmm. Even though if you remember red used to be mangy as shit and just like a hideous long haired cat that lived outside. Like she was not as pretty as she is today. She's a street cat. She had a glow up. Yeah. She had a glow up when she got brought inside. But anyway, we brought them over here and like they were absolute. Oh, hold on. And, uh, uh, let them hang out outside and, and do their stuff. That's kind of the history of these uh, two litter mates. Like, uh, they're sisters. We brought them both over here, let them run around the house, get their scent all over the house so we can bring in mamas over here so that she could, uh, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable about her new house and all that jazz. So very, very much a tool in that, in that process. Yeah. So over the past three years, since I've lived here, actually going on four years now, uh, we've had no problem with them going inside, outside. Now, Gray does go on, we call it her run springer every summer. For whatever reason, like during the summer, she just like bounces for like a day and doesn't come back. And then she shows back up when she's hungry and we're like, oh, where'd you go, Gray? 
And she, we've, you know, she make up these fantastical stories about her adventures. Yeah. And then she just comes right back inside. She, sometimes she sleeps inside. Sometimes she sleeps outside, whatever, you know, she just does what she wants to do. She has a cat door. She can go in now. Well, less past Sunday at four in the morning. She just on camera. I got like 11 cameras around my house. She just disappeared. So just didn't come back. And we were concerned. We're like, man, where'd she go? You know, usually it's like, okay, maybe she'll be gone a day or two. No problem. But I was already looking for her, calling out for her and all that jazz. Well, she didn't come back, you know, all the stats. So what I've been doing is after a couple of days, I went and printed some flyers. I gave it to people around the neighborhood, knocked door to door, uh, handed out flyers to like people on the side of the road and then put it on next door, Facebook, all that jazz. Try and find my cat, right? Yeah. There's no buzzards around. I checked everywhere that like she might have gotten like eaten by something, hit by a car. Didn't happen. Her body's nowhere to be found. Uh, so she's not, I don't think she's dead, but I think maybe she got stuck into maybe a house. So I went around, I called, uh, uh, all these different houses that are for sale around here to see if they were showing houses on Sundays, explain what was going on. And so like three different realtors opened houses for me to go check and we're fine that she isn't stuck in a house and all this jazz did everything I'm like supposed to do, like to clear my mind out. Yeah. So my brain, as you guys know in this podcast, I'm like hyper obsessive with this stuff. If the problem can't get solved, just hyper obsessed. And so there was no way that I was going to record this week because like, you know, as soon as I get off of work, I'm searching for this cat or doing something involved in searching for the cat. Just the way my brain works. I didn't even like hop. I haven't even gone live on TikTok. Like people on TikTok know too as well. Like I just haven't been doing anything except straight up looking for this cat. Yeah. So every night when I would get off of work, I would drive around my neighborhood with a spotlight when the cats start roaming around and I would use my spotlights, like look for eyes and find cats, spotlight them, all this jazz, look for gray. But in the process, I looked in my neighborhood and I was like, let me find to see if other people are missing cats in my neighborhoods because I'm seeing a ton of cats. And in the process of me looking for gray over the past like week and a half now, two weeks, a uh, week and a half, two weeks will be Sunday. I, uh, I have reunited three people with their cats. Nice. Like called them. They came out, met up with me, gave them their cat. It was a tally junior. And uh, I can't remember the first cat because I wasn't keeping track of that point. So anyway, call them out there. They come get their cat. They're like, that is my cat. And then fucking load them up. Thank you so much. You leave. And I'm like, all right, well must be nice. Yeah. So it gives me hope because like in, in Tally's case, like, you know, the neighborhood over here in front of West high school, yeah. way the fuck over there. Like, yeah. In front of West, like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, More, I'm, yeah like, like behind uh, your neighborhood. Uh, Lake Forest. Yeah. So Tally was from that neighborhood. Oh, wow. And she came over here. She was in front of, like, in our in our neighborhood. That's, which, yeah, that's a, that's a hike. That's a hike. It's, like, two miles. So anyway, found that cat. And so it, like, gave me hope that, like, okay, my search isn't big enough and all this jazz, whatever. Well, on Saturday after, this is where the story begins. Saturday after I found Junior... Right, I uh, uh, I just got done reuniting with juniors like eleven thirty at night, and I'm about to pull out into uh, Glasgow right here, mm-hmm. and there's an old dog sitting in the middle of the street, and I was like, "What the fuck, old dog? What are you doing here?" And so I stop, pull over. I'm like, "Okay," I'm like, "Get over here, old dog." And it's this old Catahoula, you know, Catahoula mix. They got the colored eyes and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and like spots. And so, open up the door, dog hops in, 
barely hops in. And when I say it hops in, like, you know, like an old dog gets in a car, they got like joint problems. Oh, so they like, no. they take a second to like hop up. So this one took a minute and I was like, oh, poor dog, you know? Check its tags. The only tag it has is its rabies tag from 2023. So it's like, cool. This is from a person who cares about the dog. And they got a rabies tag on it. They took it to Dr. Beck. I know people at Hillcrest Animal Hospital. I've got its uh, serial number. I will call tomorrow morning and uh, I will see who's missing their dog and take it back to them and all the jazz. Uh, well, it turns out I've got a friend that works at Hillcrest. And so she went in the morning to go check for me. Got me that information. It was this lady named Diana. Okay. No problem. I'm going to go run this dog to her house first thing in the morning. Put the dog in my shop. I've got that big shop fan in there. Put the fan on. It's been like 105 degrees. This past it's been hot, weeks. dude. Like, we, we finally got some cool weather today. Yeah. I uh, uh, put a big water bowl down for the dog and then a bunch of food that I got from my parents. And because I don't have dog food. <laughs> and uh, uh, this dog went to town on this water. And then also went to town on this food. Just hoovering it up. Just ate everything, right? And then I laid this big old blanket down. And then I took one of my uh, my cameras and I put it in there to watch it to make sure it didn't like hurt itself in there, get caught up in anything. Because my shop's got a lot of weird stuff in it. I just didn't want the liability of somebody else's dog on me. You need a dog falling into an open air vat of liquid resin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that can't happen. But yeah. So anyway, uh, this dog all night sleeps through the entire night on this blanket. Like yeah, it's crazy. I've never seen any animal not move, not do anything. I thought it died. Like I was like, oh my God, that <laughs> that dog hasn't moved. So when I went out there and when it like got its head up, it said, like, oh, thank God you're not dead. Okay. Cause it was old, right? I was like, and so eight o'clock in the morning, uh, I got a text back from uh from Hillcrest. And they tell me, oh, this lady owns a dog. And I said, like, okay, cool. Let me take the dog over there. Load the dog up in the car. I used a belt because I don't have a leash either because I own cats. And uh, drive to this lady's house and leave the dog in the car and go knock on this lady's. Like, I ring the doorbell. Nothing happens. Okay. Bang on the door. Nothing happens. Police knock on the door. And if you know what police knock means, like, I, like... I let that door have it. Yeah. Okay. Nothing happens. Okay. Maybe this lady's at church. I have no idea. Let me go talk to the neighbors and go see what the neighbors have to say about this. And maybe they like have a spare key. Maybe they can like let the dog inside. Maybe they're supposed to be feeding the dog. I don't know. I'm gonna go talk to the neighbors. So I go next door. I go talk to the neighbors and, uh, the lady comes out and she's like, you know, Oh, Hey, what's going on? I was like, oh, I've got this dog in my car. It's your, it's supposed to be your neighbor's dog. And she goes, Oh, you have Roxy. And I was like, I don't know. Is that Roxy? And like, you could see Roxy like full as the clearest day in the like windshield. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's Roxy. And I was like, so I was like, maybe she's not home. She's like, no, her car's here. So she's here. And I was like, Oh cool. Well, she's not answering her door. Like, and she goes, well, she's very elderly. And I was like, Oh, Okay. I was like, well, maybe she's bad at hearing. Maybe there's something else going on that I don't know about. So the me and her, she's like, well, let's go see. I'll go knock on other parts of her house because, like, sometimes they'll go in her backyard and they'll feed her chickens and all that stuff. So, like, it was like, okay, let's go together. So we start walking, and she goes, oh, no, her chickens are out. So she's been up this morning because she lets her chickens out in the morning. That's what she said. But then as you look in her backyard, her gate's wide open. And she goes, oh, no, but her gate's open. She goes, why is her gate open? And she goes, oh, no, she goes, her chickens were out last night. 
And then she goes, no, wait, were they out last night? She goes, oh, no, they were out Thursday night. And I was like, what's going on here, lady? And then she's like, wait. She goes, yeah, I think her chickens have just been out, you know? And she goes, oh, no. She goes, I don't know. Uh-oh. And I was like, what's going on here, lady? Like, so, I'm not going to say it. I was like, the math, like the the math meme, where like the math like equations are like floating in your face. And I was like, I was like, wait, hold on, what? What are you saying? I was like, how elderly, right? Like very elderly, like. So, uh, she ends up going to every window, just like hitting every window she can, knock it on the windows, all this jazz. Nothing, bro. Nothing. And so, she comes back and like. Apparently, Roxy was chained up in the backyard. And so she comes back and she goes, hey, Roxy uh, is usually chained up in the backyard and had no food and water. There was no food and water. And also, she, like, brought a link of the chain. I guess she had, like, taken off the chain. Like, you know, like, like ovals. Well, this one was, like, a C, like, bent. Just open. So, like, Roxy got the fuck out. And so... I was like, well, I was like, I can do the math, right? Like, I could see, like... I think we all know where this is going. Like, the dog got out because it had to because the owner couldn't feed the dog. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to know. I don't want to know what's in between me and these walls, right? And so she goes, uh, let me go ahead and... um, Let me go ahead and take your number down. And then what I'll do is I will put this dog in my backyard. I'll separate it from my dogs and like corner it off until I can get a hold of her stepdaughter and cause she had her stepdaughter's number and then I'll have her come check on her. And then maybe, you know, worse comes to worse, you know, we'll get whatever we need to happens, but I'll call you either way, whatever happens. And I was like, cool, no problem. Probably don't even have to call me, but I, mean, I didn't tell her that. But I was because I was curious. I was like, I mean, we got to know what happens for the podcast. Yeah. So anyway, whole day goes by. Gets to evening, I don't get a call, and I'm like, well, I mean, they probably had more there's, important things to deal with. Yeah, there's probably a lot of paperwork going on. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, I drove home. Well, I had to go get some food, and I drove home. And there was like six cars outside of her house. Like there was a shitload of cars. And I was like, okay, well, people are there now. And her car was still there. And uh, I didn't see her in the obituaries. So I don't know what (laughs) happened. But something happened to this lady. And it all stemmed like they found her because the dog got found. I don't know what it is. I didn't ask. I didn't even, I didn't get a call. I don't want to throw around the word hero, (laughs) but I mean, (laughs) heavily implied that my cat going missing has done a lot of people. Good. Like a gray's probably just going to show back up like in, in like with no, no problems. So, uh, so yeah, that's, you're doing the exact right thing. The, the most right thing one can do in that situation. That's all I could do. So, but yeah, no, uh, every night, that's what I have been doing. I finally let up. Uh, my brain finally allowed me to, uh, to back off. I did have to go to Houston this week to, uh, uh, do some, conference. uh, a conference. I, it was actually called a summit. I went to the Woodlands resort 
Uh, that was pretty fun. I'll talk a little bit more about, about that uh, in the hobby progress because uh, yeah, I got some cool hobby progress while I was out there. Got to uh, fire up the old travel case, huh? I sure fucking <laughs> did, dude. <laughs> you already know. But that is my story. That is kind of why we hadn't been recording. Uh, we did yeah. did have to back off for that. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah. No. We all understand that. You're you're you got other stuff going on. So we do have voicemails. All right. So if you would like to leave a voicemail, you can give us a call at 361-265-8658. And that'll go straight to our voicemail. You can leave us a message and we'll play it live on air. If you don't want to give us a call for international international call reasons, you can reach out to us on Facebook or Discord and get an audio file to us and we'll figure it out. Yeah, we're pretty snappy. We're pretty savvy on this one. Oh, yeah. So let's see what we got here. Hey, all right, my boys. This is John Christensen from the Accountability Buddies podcast. Hey, John. Uh, you all have been calling me out recently, and you wanted to know some of the... Well, I guess hobby on a budget is probably the best way to say it. Uh, tricks that I've learned through the years. Uh, starting off, probably the best one for... Y'all have already mentioned you know, baking soda as you know, scale sand, or a little bit better than that. Um, you can also use baking soda and super glue to fill larger gaps. I'm sure you all have seen the, the silly videos online of people using super glue and ramen noodles or super glue and whatever other silly <laughs> things together to fill gaps. Uh, but baking soda was kind of the start of that, using it to build up layers. Uh, you can also use oregano or Italian seasoning when you're trying to do basing stuff to add some variation in there or if you're looking for um, a kind of muddy look you could mix it up with um, some drywall paste I've seen people use drywall paste for the correct solutions on deserts and things like that as well um, when you're looking at doing masking I've seen a lot of people myself included use silly putty and you can reuse silly putty over and over and over again uh, obviously I told Michael and you've mentioned it earlier about using acupuncture needles for aerials so that way you don't worry about breaking them anymore yep he taught uh, me that some of the older ones that i've seen uh, i've seen people use fishing line for aerials and for uh, fishing line covered super glue for aerials and for um, different strings and rigging and things like that you can also use uh, just trying to look around my hobby station and think of all the other weird things that i've come across uh, makeup brushes as dry brushes is another way to use um, some things. So I know a lot of people have been using the, the new hotness of dry brushes, um, dry brush brushes made out of goat hair. Uh, if you're in the Hobby Lobby, you can buy goat hair brushes super cheap instead of having to spend a lot of money on fancy, specifically designed dry brush brushes. Uh, you can also use, uh, you know, being a Texan, you can use spin shell casings from real guns as spin shell casings for, uh, you know, parts of terrain and things like that, I would make sure, you know, obviously all the powders out and if you're using unspent brass, make sure that the primers pop beforehand uh, as you don't want something going off in your terrain. I do. <laughs> uh, I, I use like the markers a lot for a lot of my trim. Uh, I've been drawn through actually three of them this week for doing trim on my night project for Warzone Houston. Um, you can use... Uh, the container store sells generic moving boxes, which are exactly the size of battle foam. foam. Uh, you can also get those sometimes during the early springtime. Uh, there's a chain of local moving stores and storage places 
uh, I forget the name of it, but they they sell usually those boxes for a quarter a piece instead of being three or four. A quarter a piece, bro. Oh my goodness, he left quite a few voicemails. So he's got <laughs> he's got a lot of knowledge. I do like the, uh, the so like the acupuncture needles as antennas. I did that for a while, and you can't just buy like twenty needles. You get like no, they come in like the thousands. It's like oh, here's a thousand needles. It's like man, I threw them away when I moved, but I, like you just buy once, cry once. Like there's no like <laughs> you got antennas for everything. Like so, you're, do you just like clip off the sharp tip? Yeah, it's not even that sharp. It oh. seems sharp, but it's not that sharp. Okay, because I think I think needle. I think you know. Oh, you know they're very, very bendy. It's it's almost like a, like foil level elastic. Like it doesn't feel like it's uh, like it's not like a sharp like okay, uh, so almost like like a stiff brush bristle. Where yes, like, where it, it bends and then snaps back. Yes, yeah. It's okay. not like a like a airbrush needle. This is like a bendy needle. Okay. Yeah, like a cat whisker is probably the. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 when I heard about it, I heard about it from John through Ryan, and uh, it was one of those things like, that's crazy. That's bonkers. And I was like, I'm going to order some. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, these work perfect. These are excellent. So shout out, Powerful John. Oh, yeah. All right. We got part two. Part two of four. Oh, my God. So three minutes is my cutoff. Okay. So the other thing you can think about is uh, you can find those voice boxes anywhere. Uh, I just like the ones from the container store because they're basically just bright white and they're easy to find and right on. Um, ornament storage boxes work really well for army transports. You just uh, glue or epoxy down some tin sheets on the bottom and you can add uh, magnets to your figures and then you put them on that way. Obviously magnets you can get from a lot of different places. Um, going back you can steal them from a lot of promotional places, give out uh, those little tie tacks um, that are magnetic and I steal the magnets off of those when I was little uh, to try to use for magnets. Uh, guitar wire for string, if you want string that's really, uh, or you want cabling that's really sturdy, uh, that's one way to do it, or you can obviously wrap it yourself if you've got a drill and you've got some wire. Uh, paint pens or watercolor pens for uh, washes as well as microset and microsol. Uh, I kind of build buddies, I did a 30 minute recording of my decals 501. So going through advanced lessons on decals, I go through how I set up my watercolor pens with microset and microsol so I can go through the decals quicker. Uh, and that's how I can do 30 or 40 decals in a 10 minutes time frame. Um, that's pretty much all the things I can think about right now. Um, but if I come up with anything else, I will give you all a call and let you know. Thank you very much. Keep Thanks, up the work. Bye. Okay, so let's take a step back on the. I actually completely forgot about that. Uh, the watercolor pens. Yes. During so I've been doing a shitload of decals, mm-hmm. and uh, hold on, one of the cats is freaking out right now. Oh. Okay, took care of that. So yeah, so uh, I've been doing a bunch of decals. Like I've been going like super hard into the uh, Blood Angels like uh, company and all that jazz and. Yes. And so, uh, uh, I completely forgot, like, have you messed with those watercolor markers? So I did, uh, the ones I got had like a brush head to it. Yes. And then the reservoir behind it. Yep. Uh, the amount of decals I was doing at the time was not quite enough to facilitate that kind of, uh, that kind of tech. Yes. Cause I did a little bit, then I put it down and the next time I picked it up, it was empty. Yep. 
Yep, that's exactly what happens. But in the event of like what I've been doing, that would have been perfect because okay. I've been like, I completely I forgot about that hobby hack. Yeah, I even took the ends of it and like dipped one in blue paint and dipped one in red paint so I'd be able to tell at a glance which one's which. Hold on, dude. I'm going to order some <laughs> right now. Live uh, on air. It is like I will forget, but. Yeah, so for those of you not familiar with a watercolor brush or watercolor pen, it's basically a brush head or a marker tip with an empty reservoir in it that you can open up and add whatever you need to add to it. So if you add, say, your microsol or microset to it, You'll just have a magic brush that is always wet with Microsol or Microset. There we go. Ordered. We're good to go there. I completely forgot about that. I, for, yeah. I forgot about like how perfect that was. Man, dude. John's the best. <laughs> Absolutely. $6. We'd love to see it. There you go. Yes, ma'am. Okay. If you want more straight up wisdom like that, feel free to go check out the Accountability Buddies podcast, the Heresy Accountability Buddies podcast. Uh, those guys are great. Can't shout them out enough. All right, let's see here. It looks like we got a uh, part three here. Oh, I guess he thought of some more stuff. The following is a retelling of my journey in the Amber Strand of the Taking of Pyrrhics. And gather round, and I shall tell the tale of Sinichel Aurelius, Baron of Colossi, Slayer of the Dragon of Alpha Nine, awarded by Gulliban, noticed by Horus, Lord of... Blown and Kern, master of the lancebreaker of chains of vine, ringer of bells, and smoker of walls, breacher of lines, joiner of campaigns, winner of spouse, and first of his name. Is it tale for time to remember? Have you heard of my lord, Sinichel Aurelius, Baron of Colossi, slayer of the dragon of Alpha Nine, awarded by Gilliman, noticed by Horus, lord of Blown and Kern, master of the lancebreaker of chains of vine, ringer of bells, smoker of walls, breacher of lines, Joiner of campaigns, winner of jousts and first of his name. Dear listener, the brave, the bold, and the courageous, hang on and ye shall. Upon taking the field this day, my lord Sinichel Aurelius, Baron of Colossi, slayer of the dragon of Alpha Nine, awarded by Gulliman, noticed by Horus, lord of Blurn and Kern, master of the lance, breaker of the chains of bind, ringer of bells, smoter of walls, breacher of lines, joiner of campaigns, and winner of jousts and the first of his name, saw what is known in the legions of the our claw, the vile beast, which smote our lord, Sinichel Aurelius, Baron of Colossi, slayer of the dragon of Alpha Nine, awarded by Gulliman, noticed by Horus, Lord of Blurn and Kern, master of the lance, brick of chains of bind, ringer of bells, smoter of walls, breacher of lines, joiner of campaigns, and winner of jousts in the first of his names, squires, peasants, and vassals, before our lord, Sinichel Aurelius, Baron of Colossi, slayer of dragon Alpha Nine, awarded by Gulliman, noticed by Horus, Lord of Blurn and Kern, master of the lance, Break of chains, a bind ringer of bells, smoker of walls, breacher of lines, and joiner of campaigns, winner of jousts in the first of his names, before he could use them as bombs. And thus, our Lord Sinichel Aurelius, Baron of Colossi, slayer of the Dragon of Alpha Nine, awarded by Gulliman, noticed by Horus, Lord of Blood and Curd, Master of the Lance, Break of Chains, and by Ringer of Bells, Smoter of Walls, Breach of Lines, Joiner of Campaigns, Winner of Jousts in the first of his name, knew that the beast must be bested. And so, to the best of his abilities, he spurred his mighty steed. He tallied many hoes and drove at the creation. Spearing it through his vision slit, he split the driver and the beast in half. The machine erupted in a mighty titanic explosion. 
wish our lord Sinichel Aurelius, master of Colossi, slayer of the dragon of Alpha 9, awarded by Gullum and noticed by Horus, lord of Blurn and Kern, master of the lance, breaker of chains that bind, ringer of bells, smoker of walls, breacher of lines, joiner of campaigns, winner of jousts, and the first of his name, was able to hold at bay with a flash of his mighty shield. After removing such rubble from his lance, squire, I must have you know that I need a new name, maybe slayer of magical beasts. Our Lord proceeded to club the Jean Bolt baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, from what I gathered, uh, some dude. <laughs> Possibly Ultramarines. I don't know. Oh, you're talking about uh, Sanchal Aurelius, uh, Slayer slayer of the Dragon of Alpha 9, Master of Colossi. <laughs> yeah, hit a... He yes, saw, you got to say the whole thing. Yes, that includes the pimp-named part. Yes, that includes Winner of Joust. Yes, that includes Notice by Horus. Yes, that includes Lauded by Gilliman. Yes, that includes Breaker of Chains. Breaker of Chains, Breacher of Lines. Sounds like he speared himself, or I guess uh, power lanced himself, a Arquois, yeah. <laughs> Karen Arquois, and uh, <laughs> survived the following explosion from it. We need more in-character bat reps. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go. It seems to say it's around the time, and I need to finish the story about my lord, Sinichel Aurelius, Baron of Colossi, Slayer of the Dragon of Alpha 9, awarded by Gulliman, noticed by Horus, Lord of Blurred and Kern, Master of the Lance, Breaker of Chains, and Vine, Ringer of Bells, Smoter of Walls, Breacher of Lines, Joiner of Campaigns, Winner of Chouse, and First of His Name. Don't you understand? This is important. So after my lord was finished clubbing Baby Seal, Jean Bolt Freak shows in the back lines, <laughs> Lord or Kern, whatever which one, was lost holding the line. Oh, Squire, this is very important. You need to find out which one died and alert my mother's second cousin's third uncle's son of our, of our position opening in our lines. Now, is this still recording? Madam, what, what are you doing? I mean, why is there... Put that gun down! <laughs> <laughs> so oh my god so he needs a new name for this uh newly uh i guess for this great act he's he's done so so he's lanced in arquois i think uh and survived the ensuing blast like this 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 what is it how many planet 52 planets 50 planets 50 worlds that 500 worlds? 500 worlds? Was that how many that uh, Gilliman was over? The, the 500 worlds of Ultramar, you mean? Okay, yeah. So the Spear of 500 worlds. I was just... I'm a fan of the simplistic, uh, the inevitable. <laughs> Simply put, the inevitable. The inevitable, man. <laughs> just an asterisk. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan of brevity, you see. <laughs> just in smaller fonts it just says if you're reading this it's already too late <laughs> well it's I, I do appreciate the energy of like dr stephen t most deaf colbert heavyweight champion of the world dfa like like it was a bit that he, uh, colbert did on the colbert show where he just like kept adding names and titles just like a just like a eventually a, he like added asterisk to heavyweight champion of the world that's what I'm saying. At, at at some point, it gets like uh uh like the custodes. Oh, 
like the custodians' names go the on. Ten thousand names of a single custode. Because it keeps getting added onto for each mm-hmm. like each deed they do or whatever. And then if you know their actual name and they're like they freeze up, they break. <laughs> they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's, it's like when you uh, when you're when you're in trouble as a kid and your mom calls you by your full name. Yeah, <laughs> you hit him with the. Hit him with the full name of Custodes. Not only did you just waste six hours, but you also... Uh, <laughs> Whatever he's doing, he drops immediately. <laughs> and shits himself. That's how it works. <laughs> so, very, thank you very much, John, for sharing your <laughs> extraordinary the, the performance. Your Seneschal. <laughs> Who went and did what he got to do. No. But that is... Uh, that is what we have on voicemails on deck. So, lovely. Yeah, I love getting voicemails. Oh yeah, always a fan. I love uh, how like deep John has been in like the hobby, like all aspects of it, <laughs> all, like every single aspect of it. Truly, it is like I, I don't think John requires uh, to be a budget builder or budget hobbyist. He just is one and uh, takes it to the max and finds everything every way possible. To get like, you know, a third party fix or like get a uh, uh, a cheaper alternative to something that doesn't make sense. Like he like sees through the overpriced bullshit and is like, nope, that's just a box. They're just selling you a box. <laughs> like, it, well, I, I like that's th- a quarter. <laughs> I like to think it comes from a place of game recognizes game. Yeah, it's like okay, you're doing the, you. You got to do what you got to do. All right, did you know that if you do like this and like he's got all the tricks? <laughs> They're just selling you a box, guys. Twenty five cents. <laughs> Nobody can see that's a box. You, you wanted to say uh, battle foam on it. All right, battle foam on it. I got a marker. <laughs> you get a, you get a attachment for your cricket that just puts a marker instead of the blade and just reproduce whatever <laughs> logo you want. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. So let's get into some hobby progress. Derek, what have you been working on, man? Tell, oh, talk to me. Right. So I've been trying to get my stuff ready for Warzone Houston next weekend, which uh, is going to be my Ultramarines, which were supposed to be ready for Warzone Houston last year. Oh, nice. So, yeah, things kept happening. They didn't get ready. So I just brought my Space Wolves last year. And then I've just been sitting on my Ultramarines and uh, coming on here and talking about them not being finished. Well, uh, they are just need to be based and they'll be done. Oh, how are you going to base them? So the plan was to build up the base with some cork and then do all that and then get some tiles and crack tiles and make like granite, uh, you know, like, like like granite tiles and have them be standing on these awesome stuff. I'm not going to be able to finish that in time. Yeah, okay. That's going to require a little bit more labbing and I'm just not going to be able to get that done. So instead, I've mixed up some aggregate and I've got like this like red brown earth they'll be standing on just because I think that's going to make the blues and golds really pop. How'd you mix up the aggregate? Uh, so I've got just like some, some sand, not quite as fine as I'd like it to be, but I might, uh, I'm still playing with the formula. I might add some baking soda or something just cause I don't have a source of really fine sand within like a couple days. Do you have a, uh, what do you call it? A food processor? So I do have an old nasty magic bullet. So, so hear me bullet. out. Hear me out. I was literally just thinking about this when John was talking about it in the voicemail. So ramen, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy powderized ramen cork oh even cork. I, I was looking for like some like some small r scale small stones to yeah. have as like larger pieces uh-huh. and i just couldn't find them like maybe i'll just go outside and like grab scoop up a cup of dirt and see what i can get out of that yeah. it's been dry that stuff is just it's just powder 
I was like, I bet if I take this really old, nasty Nutribullet that we're never going to use again anyway, because it's been in a box for like six years in a storage unit that's next to a cement mixing facility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I bet if I throw some of these excess cork from uh, cutting up these hexagons, throw this in that thing, mix it up, it'll probably look perfect. And it did. This is one of the few times where I make a plan and it works exactly as I think it will. I think I have one of those as well. I just don't think I have the cup. So I'm just going to buy a cup real quick. There you go. Because I haven't used mine either, man. It's just one of those things. (laughs) Come on. I mean, we used it all the time. It's just been sitting in a box in storage for six years in a storage facility next to a cement mixing plant. Right next to the slap shop. (laughs) (laughs) So You know there's a slap shop in there. (laughs) You're going to love slapping my nuts. (laughs) But no, man, like I've been on this uh, like. Like, especially because he said ramen, right? And I was thinking about, like, all those, like, they sand the ramen and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, like, they, like, cut it to fit in the hole, and then they super glue it in, and then they sand it. And they, like, get a chisel and plane it. But yeah, no, I was thinking about, like, you know, just taking that, sanding it down, and uh, <laughs> just uh, going from there, you know? Just yeah. uh, using that instead of dirt. Just playing around with that. Seeing what that looks like, I'll 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 sand it. Or I guess I'll pulverize and all that jazz. I bet that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm down to try. Yeah, uh, especially like if you bring in like the, that was one of the big things like we were kind of discussing last week was mixing uh, uh, pigment powder yes. with that to kind of like give yourself a give it all like a cohesive hue. Yeah, uh, and I gotta say it works exactly as well as we theorized. Really? Because <laughs> yeah. I have all that pigment powder I got from Josh from the from the uh, treasure house. He yeah. gave me a bunch of pigment powder. Nice. I've, I've got the secret weapon powder set. And it does not take nearly as much pigment powder as you would think it would should. No, a little dab will do you. And uh, so, man, dude. And then you get extra pigment powder left over to, like, dust up your guys' legs. My goodness. Really just, just add that context. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm still kind of workshopping that, trying to get a uh, mix that I really like. But so far, it's working well enough that if I hit that mark, it was like, hey, I've got a day to base 85 guys. So I can knock it out. Get some Mod Podge and just go to town. Yeah. Uh, I'm using Eileen's Tacky Glue. Even better. Yeah. Tacky Glue is the way to go. Just like better than PVA because PVA, you got to let it dry a little bit, then go. Yeah. The, this one, it, the Eileen's Tacky Glue, it's like super PVA glue. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Where'd you get that? Walmart. Love it's it. in this like, uh, like brown bronze bottle. It's meant for like t-shirts and shit. T-shirts, paper, just it's like a general craft glue. Nice. So it, to me, it just seems like a, like a thicker, sturdier PVA glue. Very cool. I've uh, been doing that. Uh, trying to help Kayla get her stuff ready. She's going to Warzone as well. Did up a five man recon squad, and that was pretty fun. So. She had picked up some more and more Dathan and went with the combi Volkite route with them because rending four up on your combi Volkite's fun. Okay, yeah. And so they come with sniper rifles that just hadn't been used. So we just took some Mark VI guys, cut the bolter off around their hands, and then slapped on the, the sniper rifles from the more Dathan. We, boom, Nemesis bolt rifles. Yeah, that works out very well. And then I've, I've got one of the like binocular kits from one of the old Forge World, the tank crew. Yep. Gave it to the sergeant for an improviser. And then I had a spare, I think it's an Augury scanner bit from the heavy weapons, the heavy weapons upgrade sprue. 
where it's like a little like iPad attached to the uh, attached to the forearm. For, I think that's from that's not from the it's from the, the new, new tank we- commander. Well, it's from the new heavy weapon set. Okay, it, he's not holding it. It's just like attached to his arm, and it comes out on a little boom, and he's like tapping on it. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Doing his taxes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's an Augury scanner bit. So we got the sergeant with the improviser giving him night vision, and then the uh, Augury scanner on the unit just in case. You know, we're not saying he's taking Augury scanner for playing Kayla, but don't deep strike around Kayla. You know what I'm saying? Not unless you want to get pinned. <laughs> not unless you're trying to get pinned. So very cool, man. That's very cool. Yeah, just adding those, and then the sabers I'd done up for the the Siege of Cthonia list that I never painted for my Night Lords. Uh, she's going to be using them, painting them up Raven Guard. Very cool. Yeah, we tweaked her list a little bit. The, the lone Spartan wasn't really doing anything. She just kind of ran it because she had it, and it was a cool tank. Yeah, as an individual target on the field, it is... Uh, when it's transporting 20 tactical Marines who could infiltrate anyway. Yeah, they don't really need a ride. They... Yeah. <laughs> it was there to be a cool tank and also it had some last cannons. But couldn't they infiltrate the Spartan though too? No, it's not dedicated. No. Okay, never mind. Dedicated. And even then, why? Hey man, Rhino in your face with a multi melta turn one, not fun. Just saying. Uh I've been trying to workshop a uh melta gun support team. Yeah. <laughs> Did done that. <laughs> hey, what's up? We're here. Oh, by the way. Hey man, drop pod melt again support team. Been there, done that. It oh, works. Oh yeah, it pops open a Spartan for you real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it don't give a shit. Uh, but yeah, so that's all she's really like adding, adding to her force, and she's really excited to get those painted up, especially because uh, we went to powerful goldmine games and picked up some Raven Guard transfers. She's Shout just, out Mike Gupton. Hell yeah! So she's gonna start messing around with transfers, and I just love those Legion transfer sheets. Yeah. If you have the ability to just drive an hour and a half, two hours and get one, I recommend it. And they're not cheap, though. That is one thing to put out there immediately. They they are a $35 transfer sheet. I think they moved them from Forge World to Games Workshop proper when they did the switch to Heresy 2.0. And they they kept them this whole time. I think the Iron Warriors one Mm -hmm. is out of Mm -hmm. stock. But the rest of them, I think I was able to see up there. Definitely some of the best transfers out there. Oh yeah, uh, I I truly truly enjoyed the Blood Angels version of that. So. It's it's thirty five dollars, but I still have like half of the Space Wolf sheet, half of the Night Lord sheet. Like it, I've never been wanting for transfers from those legions ever again. As they age, what's weird about them? Because I bought some, a brand new sheet not too long ago, and then I have an older one that I haven't used everything on. And when I say older one, this is from like two thousand seventeen old. Okay. They take just a little bit longer to release, but nothing crazy. But other than that, they work. They work fine. They work fine. Oh yeah, nice. But I do love me those transfers. Oh yeah. If you're not on the transfer game, you should be. Definitely. And then if you're on the like extreme transfer game, like uh, like I am right now, <laughs> get you uh, get you watercolor. Get pins. you some watercolor pins, man. That's a uh, that is a hot take. I'm going to have to make a video about that. On oh, that's going on TikTok. That's going on TikTok. I forgot about that day. That's perfect. <laughs> Especially for the Gunpla community. Dude, Jake has been hard on that transfer game right now. He has been killing it. So. But, yeah, that's pretty much me. That and just kind of panicking with the house stuff. Just trying to 
keep everything moving. Dig it. I'm probably not going to make any huge strides with that until after Warzone, and yeah. then come back do my post event like breakdown sabbatical. <laughs> yeah, as you do, as everything, <laughs> every uh, my uh, my blood angels are still in my box from uh, Alamo. <laughs> All those tanks are still in there in the garage. He's going to come back for us, right? Right. It's like, yeah, that all worked out fun. Good job. That was a hard press to this event and just stay in there. <laughs> Started building up my, uh, my trader blood angels immediately after that. Oh no. So yeah. That and then the 40 K stuff going on. Yeah. No, it's still in there. Still in the garage. Just wasting I need them someday. Yeah, someday I will find them and be like, oh, fuck, I had a Blood Angels army. <laughs> a bunch of predators. I, oh, sweet, a third Blood Angels army. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It truly is a third Blood Angels party at this point. So. Oh, yeah, that, and then I think my next project should hit about the time the new box comes out with the Mark Threes. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do? I'm Imperial gonna do Fist? Some, uh, yeah, Imperial Fist. Everybody's <laughs> favorite. Uh, Death Guard. Oh, lovely. Perfect. You can keep the little, uh, what are they called? The little, pimple. Uh, the, the pimple, like the, the spikes on the head? Yeah, it's like a pimple something. I don't know. Don't ask me. Hold on. Because I know there's people that are like screaming at the. Uh, I, I know people throw the term pickle helm around. I don't know if that's a. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pickle hob. I don't know if that's a, that's a historical term. Yes, it is called a pickle hob. <laughs> stupid again i'm just really hoping those are like molded on because they're way easier to cut off than to glue on yeah a little bit of sanding a little bit of snip yeah you're good to go yeah it's all it needs it's solid i think that's a you know thinking about it now like uh you have it exactly right because a lot of people don't like it it's very like it's it's an aesthetic choice that doesn't fit every situation that's fine the people who do want to use it, it's way easier for it to be molded on and get cut off than for it to not be on and you have to like glue it and get your plastic cement. Exactly. It's the way I see it is it'd be if, as if, bad. if you are already snipping these off of the sprue, just snip it down to the helmet, right? Yeah, you get the tool's already in your hand. <laughs> yeah, just don't snip it at the actual sprue. Snip it at the base <laughs> of the pickle hob and you're good to go, baby. Yeah. You know, you don't have to, like, yeah, it's, it's the same thing if you're snipping the sprue. Yeah, no. Yeah, even if I'm not using it, I'm like, you know, the guys who are using it, I bet they appreciate that. Yeah, instead of having to glue it, or I guess in some cases you're going to have to pin that bitch in there because there's you no way. You tell me every single one of your Nuncio Vox backpacks from the Plastic Mark Six. you tell me that they're all fine. Exactly, they're not. No. They're not fine. But yeah, I'm pretty excited because that's going to be a fun, unique thing. Uh, try not to talk about it too much, but I think it's going to be fun. I really like what I got cooked up for that. Okay, you don't want to you don't want to take that free dopamine right now. I don't want to. No, that's fair. Slash, I don't want to commit myself to doing this, and then when something crazy happens and I find something else I'd rather do, I'm not already locked into this. <laughs> when that when that exemplary battles drops with something that nobody was expecting. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel that. I'm saying there's a handful of stuff on the list that they're like, oh, we're taking these out of 40K because they're heresy stuff, like the Brass Scorpion and the Kaitan Demon Engine. There's a couple things that were on that list that were not in that PDF that I'm like, where are they at, though? 
Y'all specifically called out the Greater Blight Drone. Where's it at, though? Oh, I see what you're saying. Where we're we playing at? long game here, huh? <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm keeping myself open. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm open to something really cool happening, and it just falling into place. If it doesn't, I've got a backup plan. But hopefully, something really cool happens. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. You're laying up right now, is what you're doing. You're teeing up. I see. I see what's happening. I see what's happening. It's like a there's a bit in uh, King of the Hill where one of the like rednecks waits in line for like concert tickets and then goes to wait in line for the concert to open immediately. And it's like these aren't even good tickets. This is, you're like f- all the way on the left. It's like hey. I can't see anything during the whole show just being right in front of the, the subs like that. But for the two minutes that he pops up on top of that sub for the guitar solo, that's I'm the right best there. seat in the house. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. But that's me. Love it, dude. Uh, so, yeah, as far as hobby progress goes, uh, since the last time we recorded, man, I did uh, so. Do you remember a while back I had mentioned that uh, one of the TikTok users had picked me up some uh, some God hands from my Amazon wish list? Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. I went on Timu, which you don't have to go to Timu. You can actually go to Amazon. I actually picked up a RUI tools uh, snipper. And my goodness, are those like one for one? the God hands like they are like, if you want to experience these like snips that we've been talking about on here, uh, for $18, you can go to Amazon get some RUI tools snippers. And that is the level of snip you get with the God hands. Mm. And like, because I've been doing a ton of assembling here recently, as far as like stuff I've been working on, uh, they have been exceptionally useful. Jake is like in my normal assembler, yeah, but he's like really into gunpla right now. He's like been putting together Gundam models like crazy and I can't realistically take away the God hands from him. Right. <laughs> so like finding like an alternative, cause I don't care about how clean the, the cut is. Like I'm a, like I'm a D gen when it comes to assembling models. If it's a little better than nail clippers, we're doing good. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, I picked up some of those and they work exceptional, dude. Like they are excellent. And, uh, for like a third of the cost, man, there's like no way that, uh, so how close are we talking? Are we talking like, pretty close are we talking like probably made in the same building oh you haven't tried them yet i've tried the god hands i've okay. not tried the uh are you are you i hold R-U-I. on one second okay so we are now ready for derek's live reaction so yes. we got a rhino sprue here with the same sprue from my god hand reaction oh is it the same sprue it is the same sprue man oh man continuity baby that's right so are you i tool has some kanji on it as well. Very reminiscent of the God Hands. Yeah, this one actually holds like, like essentially, which would be like the nuts of the, uh, of the RUI tools. Like it goes underneath, yeah. like a little, like a little diaper. Yeah, instead of a sleeve that just goes over it, it's got a little clip that goes between the uh, between the handles. Yeah, like a little baby diaper. Okay. So just looking at it here, it's got a lot of interesting hardware on it. It's got this like nut on a threaded uh, threaded rod in the middle that kind of serves as like a stop i guess yeah so you're supposed to adjust that so you can make it stop so you're not slamming it whenever you actually like finish breaking the plastic mm-hmm. i'm not a heathen all right sorry i am a heathen so i just don't <laughs> adjust that it just it, it, they work fine they're snippers and then it's got some other kind of thing here sticking out the side i'm not sure what that's for 
If that's just to keep it from opening too far. Sure. Anyway, uh, that aside, I'm going to just go ahead and get right to it. Uh, I guess the, the blunt part goes up against the part, right? And yeah. You just give it a little snip. And then let me see if I can get this on the on the mic. You just kind of. It's that easy. It is uh, flat on one side, just like the God Hands are with a single blade. Yeah. And so it, it, it's instead of like pinching it, you're running basically an exacto blade through it. Yeah. So looking at it, that's pretty clean. I don't know if it's just the way I'm using it. There is a little bit of discoloration in the middle where it looks like it was kind of pulled a little bit. But that's definitely more like like a way closer shave than the uh, nippers I use do. That's what I'm saying. And you just use it to continue slicing. It's pretty legit, not gonna lie. They are $18 off Amazon. <laughs> very, very neat little hobby tools. Like, I do love me some God Hands. I, I was gifted them. I will appreciate the gift. But truly, truly, if you are looking for that level of cutters and all that stuff, you have $18. I would say that if you are a listener and you have a best friend or something like that that has a birthday coming up, uh, go ahead and grab them a pair of uh, the RUI tools. They will definitely appreciate it. It's a... Uh, and once again, clean enough cut that I can just put the piece back on the sprue. Oh, well, what did you cut originally that was on the sprue? The other hatch. Oh, okay. No, I didn't just cut the same piece that I put oh, back yeah, and that. forgot was on the sprue. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just sat in the sunlight a little bit too much, and it just re-welded it. Very tight. Okay, that's fair. No, it was the same piece. One was the like the left hatch, and one was the right hatch. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, yeah. Compared to the God Hands. Pretty close from what I can tell. Yeah. Once you get to like the higher level, people with like real skill with this thing, they might be able to see a difference, but you give me a blind test, I wouldn't know. Same. But definitely some like, uh, I, I like, cause what G dubs right now, aren't they like 20 something dollars or something like that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you're, if you're putting that kind of money out, just get these all day, all day, son. But, uh, what I, from my understanding, you do have to be a little more careful with these because the cutting blade is a little thinner. Mm-hmm. Than on like the the Games Workshop one, so if you drop it or use it to cut something you definitely shouldn't be using it to cut, you are more likely to damage the blade. Plastic only, and I think it's like a three millimeter max is what it tells you. It's what you're legally allowed to cut with it, <laughs> but like you know you get a little crazy. So, yeah, solid, no. super cool. Uh, so yeah, so I got a pair of those. I've been uh, using those to do quite a bit of assembly. I. Uh, like on the hobby side of things, I've not been painting a whole bunch, but on the 40K side, we recently got the balance update. Yes. And so there was a lot of shakeup in the rules and all that stuff. And like, I didn't take too bad of a hit as far as my blood angels go. I actually got my army list got better. Uh, but there was a very specific unit that you're aware of uh, that you've seen called the Desolation Marines. Yes. And uh, those dudes just absolute menace in the game right now like it, it they were before the balance update and then they balanced them to oblivion and so oh, no they got the balance stick yeah they got the, the old balance so uh, uh with that it like shook up like quite a bit of armies as far as like how they operate and all that jazz as far as like so, having to remove and all that i heard they hit the model count on the unit is that it uh in points uh they went oh. up in points and they hit up the model count and so they capped it at five and they're more expensive now yeah yeah 
And so they're more expensive. They kept it at five. There was a, you can no longer overwatch with their indirect fire, which has always made sense, but it was, it was something that, that, that was getting done there. They, they truly are like, and I was kind of talking to locker about this, like how this kind of works with like chorus heresy. Cause he was, we were talking about how on the 40 K side, they get these balance updates, right? And like they get these balance updates, and like I think since tenth edition has dropped, we've already gotten two balance updates. Yeah, we've already gotten a uh, like kind of like a a director's note on it, like a like hey, this is how this should work. It's not like this is how we wrote it, and this is how we read it. So, so like kind of like a, a soft errata. Yeah, soft errata, just like to like a rules clarification is kind of what they they worded it. Uh, but one of the big things that like I really wanted to stress on this podcast, especially because like, it does seem like Horus heresy has kind of gotten like the, the back burner, right? Like we're getting new toys, yeah, but they're not addressing old stuff. And so, uh, one of the big questions was like, well, how are you going to keep releasing new stuff, but you're not going to address some of these older questions that we have, like some of these FAQ questions and all that jazz. And, I was actually talking to a powerful locker this weekend. He brought up this excellent point that I wanted to bring up here was that games workshop on the 40 K side doesn't have to do anything like there is a complete national circuit. That's the ITC ITC circuit, uh, by, uh, uh, Frontline gaming? Front, nah, it's not. Is it frontline gaming? I, yeah. I thought it was frontline gaming. Yeah, I think it, yeah, I think it's frontline gaming. So you have this huge like circuit of ITC, and they make these rules. They make these uh, uh, these different uh, uh, callings and rulings on this stuff. But what's most important is they track every single list out there. They track every single unit worked for every single list, and they have this giant pool of data mm. that they can then feed to Games Workshop. And so, like during like the balance update on the forty k side, there was this like, here is the win rates for Space Marines for you know Leagues of OTAN all this stuff. So you had this like win rates of of every uh, army out there, and Games Workshop did not gather that data. No. That is, these are not Games Workshop events that people were tracking. I don't think there's a way to... There is no way for Games Workshop to track what's going on at their events. They don't have that database. So what happened was, you know, ITC, this level, they are supplying the data to Games Workshop. And Games Workshop can look through this and say, okay, Desolation Marines in, <laughs> in 90% of the lists that they're in have a like 50 plus percent win rate. So desolation Marines are clearly, and, and what's crazy about it, what percentage of space Marines are running desolation Marines? Yeah. Oh, it, is that really high? And, uh, there's a very high win rate for you yeah. list with this desolation Marines. What's so crazy is what makes it so obvious that they're doing this is currently there's a, of uh, a, a unit called Vanguard veterans. They're like the jump veterans of uh, 40k and uh, you can take them with or without jump packs. And they are two separate units. Okay. Nobody takes them without jump packs. There's okay. not in list. Like you're not taking them without jump packs. But for some reason 
Vanguard veterans went down in price. And now it's cheaper to take Vanguard veterans without jump packs or with jump packs than it is to take Vanguard veterans with jump packs. Like that's how much they've corrected. It's cheaper to take them without with, with the jump packs than without the jump packs. Yes. Yeah. Because they don't have the data on them without jump packs. Exactly. Nobody's running them. Exactly. So you can tell that like uh, units that nobody has touched, like units that nobody's using like scouts with shotguns and stuff like that. Like they didn't get touched. No, like their points didn't get adjusted at all. Cause there's like, Oh, nobody's using them. So uh, we'll have new scouts in six months anyway. Yeah. So like there's a, there is a, a, a definite, you know, the data is there for them. And so they can make those adjustments. And so like on the horse heresy side, like if you're thinking about like, Oh, why aren't we getting these like FAQs? Why aren't we getting this on stuff? It's like, well, truly like there is no, Collection, uh, like no data pool. Yeah, there's no collection of data. There's no unification of the horse heresy players. There is no uh, uh, FAQ that everybody's using in every event and all that jazz. So, so I think a lot so, of it is they can't put the because they're working on you know all these different gaming systems. They're working on new releases, so they don't have the help needed to make that decision. And to them, it's just like it's a game system. We're selling models still. We're still going. There's not this like huge cry out of like so what you're saying is we need to begin the unification wars. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> you got to bully them. Like you, you think about in a uh, horse heresy 1.0, like how much of a cry out there was like a, almost like a unity, right? There was a cry out for melt bombs. What the fuck are we supposed to do about melt bombs? Right. It was the answer. Everybody had melt bombs. Who gets to use their melt bombs? How many units in the models get to use the melt bombs? If a unit with melt bombs touches my tank, is my tank immediately destroyed and removed off the table? How do melt bombs work? Do you remember that big like fiasco in version one point yeah, Because it says in the shooting fi- shooting rules, one unit gets to use a grenade. Yeah, melt bombs so- had different rules about them. Well, it was such a contentious thing that nobody knew how to use it, but Games Workshop finally had to step in because as a global community, everybody had issue with it. Yeah. And so I think right now there is no single problem with Horus Heresy that everybody's talking about. Now, I know the conversation of Crab Meta is coming up, but mm-hmm. there is a... Uh, and, and if you're not familiar with crab meta, cause I know a lot of people aren't familiar with crab meta. That's kind of what we talk about where, uh, we're starting to see the emergence of last cannon heavy yeah. support teams so, in hey, every list. Hey, did you know last cannon heavy support team is really efficient? And yeah, it's really efficient and it's kind of a easy staple. It can fit in any list. Like it's like the, the slap chop of the every kitchen. There you like go. you just, it, you're going to use them, right? They're very points efficient. Any if, li- if all they do is shoot at scoring units, they're worth it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> definitely, definitely we're starting to see them pop up just because they don't have a lot of drawbacks to them. They do have all of the benefit of extreme range, very strong gun. They still get to overwatch. They get to uh, do everything else a normal squad does, but they have you know extremely strong weapons to do it. And if you, you can put them in a single spot and just not move them, and they'll be exactly fine wherever they're at. So... Very strong unit. And I think they're like really right now, there isn't a cry out at the melt bomb level that's making Games Workshop push towards an FAQ or need an FAQ. Like, is there anything right now that you can think of that makes the game unplayable FAQ wise? Not unplayable. Right. 
They're like the the only problem is, hey, these are obviously more efficient than those. A heavy support squad with the uh, Volkites is less expensive than a tactical support squad with the Volkites they can take, which are not as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where, what what's the deal there? There is no deal. Like it, it just because nobody's like it's not a common like it's not on the words or in the winds for Games Workshop to capture that kind of stuff, right? It's yeah. not talked about enough. But if you have a hey, by the way, every Leagues of Votan player out there is very unhappy right now and not playing their list, and every Adeptus Mechanicus player out there is not playing their list because they feel like their 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 armies are unplayable right now. And so, like, I think. If you had some sort of database, you had something where you could say, hey, did you know that nobody's playing uh, Alpha Legion right now or nobody's playing Raven Guard right now? It's like less than 1%. The people that are playing out Raven Guard right now, they are winning 30% of the time, like in every event, right? I think at that point, it's like, okay, we need to rebalance, you know, the rules or, or help them out in that case. Part of that gets really iffy, though, because the factions aren't as delineated in Heresy as they are in 40K, mm-hmm. where uh, all the factions except for the Imperial Army, Mechanicum, you know, Solar Auxilia, the non-Marine armies, all the Marine armies, they are identical for like 90% of the army list. Right. But, but I mean, that would still be... Some armies have better army rules. That is true. Than other armies. <laughs> so, like, if you were to take a Dark Angel army rule and yeah. compare it to a Iron, Imper- Hands. Iron Hands rule, those are very <laughs> different armies. Which Dark Angels rule? Because there's like six different exactly, sets of Dark exactly. Angels. There's like six different ways to play Dark Angels, right? So, I think it's worth looking at. It's like if you were to say, like, okay, well. You know, in 90% of games, like, or, or if something more realistic, it's like, okay, who's winning like 60 to 70% of the time? Possibly Night Lords are up there, right? Night Lords with a specific type of list, it's like, okay, well, maybe we should look at this type of rule that they have because clearly that's what's making them good. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of thought, you know, with when you're looking at, like especially like now that I kind of have like the 40k side of you like there is a ton of pressure put on games workshop on, on the 40k side because the data is there it's in their face like hey this needs to get fixed whereas the Horus Heresy side it's more like a hey dude this is a game we're supposed to be having fun right it's like not really like a well no there's it's, it's a little easier for them to just kind of dismiss it it's like well you're it's like we, we don't have hard and fast like black and white data it's like hey this seems to be kind of that's pretty powerful that's a pretty powerful me uh throwing cabanda into your army uh turn like literally just sprinkling them in for the cost of an esoterist yeah you should probably write some better rules for that because that's pretty powerful (laughs) like that's not that should not how that should work if everybody started doing that then we might have an issue like there's a uh it, 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 there's truly ways to break the game. And I think uh, uh, I, I, a lot of people trust other players like, Hey, just play cool. Right. Just be cool. It's like, Hey, yeah, you could do that, but then good luck finding an opponent. Yeah. It's like, well, events exist. Like you can't like you took their money. They're going to be there. Right. It's, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. Like 
I, I get that, like, on the horse heresy side, there's supposed to be a little bit more gentleman players and all that jazz, which did make sense when it was, like, resin-only models and all that stuff. But now it's available at the public level, and so you have the, oh, go to YouTube and go to type in what is the tier list for Raven Guard or what is the tier list for Blood Angels. Horse Heresy Legion tier list. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Last Cannon Heavy Support Squads, excellent. Very cool. Top Death, Death Guard, Last Cannon Heavy Support Squads can walk and shoot. Oh my, oh, there we go. Oh, Iron Warriors shoot a strength 10 against vehicles? Excellent, love it. No. What vehicles? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it, it truly is like there is a, it's it's a whole different ball game right now because it's so more available to the public. Yeah, which... It, Accessibility is not a bad thing. It just comes with a different host of problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You gotta like, you gotta adjust, man. Like, if you remember, man, if you let's go way back. At one point, you couldn't do a forward pass in football until those Native Americans figured it out. Like that was that's a real talk, dude. That's what? A, you didn't know that? What <laughs> the forward pass? Like you didn't know? Like uh, there was like a Native Americans absolutely dominated the sport in uh, in football. What? Okay. <laughs> you want a little history lesson, my guy? Because it's pretty cool. Because before it was uh, uh, Ivy League schools would compete against each other in football. Okay. And it was all just like run and, run and tackle. That was it, right? Mm-hmm. And so eventually what happened, and by the way, no just t- entirely short game. Uh, all short game. Yeah. And so, uh, by the way, the, the, the football was originally a rugby ball. It was wi- a ball. It was white. Okay. Like it was a white football. And we're talking about American football, not a uh, <laughs> not, 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 not Ted Lasso football. Yeah, not, not footy. <laughs> we're not talking about footy. <laughs> so uh, originally it was a white ball. And um, so there was a, there was a Native American uh, college that they were allowing them to have a football team. And like, I, I, I hold on one second. I'm a, look, look it up on your phone. Look up a Native American football team, like college, Ivy League, all this stuff. It, it was a thing. All right, hopefully hopefully I pull up what we're looking for. And their uh their uniforms were white. And so you couldn't really tell like who had the ball and all that stuff because the uniforms were white. And so uh 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 who is the like burgundy football uh, f- burgundy colors? Who is it? Is it not a Notre Dame? It, no, it's not Notre Dame. It's a What Ivy League school is like maroon? I'm not sure. I don't follow college football too much. Oh, dude, I can't remember. It, 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 either way, they're the ones who made the rule to have like... The I know mo- all of my Texas ancestors are yelling at me right now. Yeah, either way. Either way, they had like... that. That's the reason why the ball is that color. Whatever whatever uh, football team that color is. Man, I used to know this history a little bit better. Anyway, moving forward, uh, these Native Americans, they the, were... The Carlisle Indian School? Carlisle Indian School. That's them. The, look up the Carlisle Indian School and how they changed the game of football forever. They did. They sure did. And so, uh, uh, what ended up happening was, is Harvard is Harvard, I believe, is, is maroon. Either way, they officially changed the colors. They 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 pushed to change the colors to maroon because that's the color of their uh, their color of their uniforms, so they could hide the ball better in their uniforms. Because the Carlisle School of uh, Indians was our Native Americans. They were very tricky because they had to be tricky because you have these like, like Viking born sons, like these like giant dudes playing against like scrawny little like Native Americans like that don't have like they don't have the line that these uh, these big dudes have these Ivy League scholars who have played football their whole life. Right. They don't have what it takes to play against them. So they had to get like tricky and they like 
extremely like bent rules. They did everything. Yeah. And for the record, we're talking about like 1879. Yeah, that was awesome. Is when this school was founded. Uh-huh. And uh, this is, takes place in like the early 1900s. Yeah, and it's messed up because they actually sent them to those schools to. Uh, yeah, it was it was part of like a Anglic- Anglicization. Yeah, it was trying to make them uh, yeah, be American, yeah, su- not Native super American. not cool stuff to do. Yeah. So either way, either way, they let them play football. And so uh, because they were like so capable of being like tricky and fast and all and the, nimble. The players at Harvard and Yale were on average uh, 30 pounds heavier than the Carlisles. Yeah, that's players. right. And we're talking like a blood bowl, dude. We're talking like absolute, this is going to be your orcs versus your, your elves, right? Yeah, like the, this, this is, this is before they, they added all the padding. Yeah. So it was all short game, right? Mm-hmm. And then they worked on basically, I guess, uh, like a flea flicker, right? Uh, <laughs> like they, like they, they, <laughs> the Carlisle coach sewed elastic bands into the jerseys, creating something of a pocket. And during the game, one of the boys would tuck the football into that elastic band and run down the field with the ball under his jersey. That's right. The Harvard team was completely lost, unsure of who had the ball till it was too late. Furious, the Ivy League teams were constantly changing the rules to stop these trick plays, which oddly enough gave us the rules of modern day football. That's right. So eventually <laughs> what happened was they allowed a forward pass. They allowed the forward pass. And it's documented the first forward pass. Yes. November 23rd, 1907. Carlisle was playing the University of Chicago and one of the players reared back and threw the ball across the field. This was not the first time someone ever used the forward pass, but it was it was legalized in 1905. But this was the move that popularized it. Yeah, because the whole crowd immediately lost it, lost their shit seeing that. It's like seeing the slam dunk for the first time. <laughs> yeah, dude. And so, uh, yeah. So that, that whole like area of history is wild, dude. I think, uh, I think radio lab or yeah, I think radio lab did a podcast on it. That's why I knew about it, man. Today's episode had everything in it. Didn't it? Dude, that's a fucking dude. I don't even know why we brought or got to this level, but like, uh, we're talking about doing some wild stuff to change the game. And yeah. How, how we can relate this back to heresy. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so yeah. So, Man, Carlisle School. <laughs> the Carlisle Indian School. I knew that information was in there. I just had to dig it up. <laughs> Thank God Google's in front of us so I don't sound like a crazy person on this podcast episode. Hey, man, the truth is crazier than fiction. So, but either way, man, it is a, a it, it's definitely something like on the 40K side that has like opened, opened my eyes to, you, you go step over there a little bit and you see how they're operating things and you realize like how they're getting the love. It's like truly because another company's doing the work for them. And I think, uh, sad, but true there, there may be a state here in the near future where it makes sense, where there's a, uh, uh, a league of horse heresy shot callers and say, Hey, this is what we are adopting. I know Australia kind of has their thing going on yeah, right there's now. There's been a few groups trying to push for a, uh, a unified fan made uh, rules fix. Mm-hmm. The issue is you, it has to be tight or else you don't get the adoption rate. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't have the adoption rate, then it just falls flat on its face. Yeah. The people whose legions come out pretty well will like it and want to use it. The people whose legions do not come out well are not going to accept it. Yeah. I, I think it's easier to introduce like small blanket rules 
than to just be like, hey, tweak this by this point, tweak the wording on this rule, tweak that like that. But if you've got the players and you can get enough data, by all means, like... It almost seems like that is what's required at this point, is there's going to be some investment required to actually have, like, a... like, And maybe even just a... a uh, best coast pairings is what I'm thinking about. Okay. Even if it is a, Hey, let's start all of these horse heresy events now need to be in best coast pairing, right? We need to have a horse heresy and, and best coast pairings actually might actually have a, uh, uh, a horse heresy side that, Oh yeah. I forgot. I unplugged the keyboard because of uh, <laughs> this exact reason right here. Come on. And so okay. it might already have Come a, get some pets. Best Coast Pairings. It might have a Horus Heresy side that people aren't gotcha. using. Because you submit your list here. You submit everything here. Game System. Yeah, Warhammer 30K. Nice. So maybe... I'm a Best Coast Pairing... ICC, ITC, Warhammer 40K, Age of Sigmar, Kill Team. So for somebody like myself who doesn't oh. know what the heck you're doing, is this just these people just collect data on game systems? Yeah, so what they do is like it's a it's a tool for event organizers to use. And so what happens is like it's a tool that you can say, hey, you know, especially if you're playing a lot of events, right? So like in this case, it looks like on the horse heresy rankings right now, uh, Javier is number one. Okay. Uh, his name is Javier Romero. He's got 437 points and he's gone to four or four events this year. Okay. okay. And so you look at Mr. Javier who. And it pulls up kind of what he's submitted for these events. Yeah. And it looks like he's an Emperor's children player. Okay. Uh, he's taken, uh, he took first place with Emperor's children, first place with his night Lord, second place with Emperor's children, sixth place with Emperor's children. And these are all the events he's went, he's gone to. Now, what they can do on the Best Coast Pairing side is they can actually take these uh, rankings and they can show you what these rankings look like. Hey, right now, Emperor's Children is, you know, number one or, you know, Night Lords are doing pretty good. It'll show you what the win percentage is of these different armies and all that jazz. And what they... would be more efficient to pair it not by Legion, but by Right of War? Mm, possibly, but it does both. I mean, it'll show you what right of war they're using, everything. It's got the full list. You have to submit your full list here. Because I think two armored spearhead lists are more likely to be similar than just any two Emperor's Children lists. Mm. Maybe. I mean... But if it tracks both, then that's good. So you could just say, hey, what are the... And it's not going to be something like here that we can look at. But like, how many of the rights of like core rights of war are we going to see outperformed by terror assault? Like, like as an example. Yeah, it, but it, it does look like, uh, yeah, it doesn't look like it's being used that at all. Yeah, the, the, their data pool is small. Very, very small. Yeah, I, and honestly, with a, with a more narrative-focused game, I, I understand the mindset of a lot of people have of, like, I we shouldn't have to do this. Mm-hmm. Which I agree, but I, I think we would we would see a benefit from having some kind of collect, collected data pool. So, like, in this case, I want to see here. Here's his Iron Warriors. And you can, like, see what list he took and everything like that. 
but at, at the at the very bottom of it, right, there is a like at, at the core of all this data, it's got the list. And so you can take, and this is what I do for my job. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This is statistical analysis. I do this, but for industrial engines and, and that, that's what I do for a living. Yeah. And I run it through data IQ. We build different things like that. We build different uh, power BI. Find trends in data before they find you. Yeah. So something like this where you can go and like, if we can get access to this API and actually look at it, although it doesn't seem like there's a big enough data pool on here to actually help out, but maybe we can start you know, asking events to start. Maybe we can be bastions of, hey, maybe y'all should be in Best Coast Pairing. Maybe we can run some events on here, like Las Vegas Open or maybe uh, uh, Adepticon. Hey, make sure they put their stuff into Best Coast Pairings. Maybe then you could start seeing... Enough data where uh, we can, uh, you know... Pressure rub, Games rub Workshop. Games Workshop's nose in it. Yeah, because, like, really, they're, they're like... You, you think about what we've heard on our end, all of the, you know... Everything I know about crab meta is all anecdotal. Well, no, I'm talking about like the internal workings of Games Workshop, right? Oh, oh okay. On the rules writing side, right? We got we we've gotten to see under the hood on how that rules writing works, and like we know that the games testers have to buy their own models, and we have to like test models they can use. Like it, it's like a it is not as efficient as like you think of like. 30 dudes in lab coats, like writing rules, right? It is like truly like some dude on a treadmill hooked up to a bunch of machines, rolling dice. Yeah. (laughs) Watching his heart rate. Right. Like it's, it's not that it is like, it is not something crazy like that. It like truly is like, that's a good bit. (laughs) It's a, it's a guy. They said like, Hey, uh, by October 31st, can you get me the, uh, new night stuff? And they're like, yeah. I was like, all right, well I need to, I need to have the new, the new night stuff uh, by this day, so we can uh, get it to print, and get some cover art yeah, on. We the need way. to have the Trader Nighthouse rules by uh, September. So it, yeah, and if yeah. If, th- if those don't work, then uh, we'll we'll fix it someday. It's fine. <laughs> we just need to get the PDF out, and if we ever decide to put it in a book, then we could take a look at it. Yeah. So, and then we've heard you know the play testers that do play test it, like nothing they say like uh, gets uh, gets back to changes or anything like that so so there's some stuff where it's like some if if we wanted an faq or we wanted change or anything like that you kind of have to pressure back on it and I, I, at that point like and the only reason i'm even bringing this up is because i'm seeing it happen on the 40k side okay i'm seeing it, 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 it is something people are talking about is like hey look at what's terrorizing the meta right now yeah yeah i mean i think we it's, might it's a known quantity and you, you look at when we went from version 1.0 to version 2.0, what are the things that got hit the hardest in version 2.0? Assault Marines. Everything that was a problem in version 1.0. Veterans, Assault Marines, Melt Bombs. Anything that was a problem or was talked about a lot that was like the auto-take in version 1.0 was no longer good in version 2.0. They nerfed them extremely hard because and, and i always laugh it's like you know at some point it made it to somebody's ears that was like oh yeah these were really strong and they were like oh okay well, we'll do something about that and like finally like one day they're like hey i think i wrote this down it's like these are pretty strong these are pretty strong kill them <laughs> get them out of here <laughs> get them out of my face people are whooping your butt with vindicators get them out of here everybody's tired of dealing with flare shield spartans <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah they're, they're they're making you wear dresses with those <laughs> the, with, with those quad mortars <laughs> get them out of here kill those quad mortars 
right? Everything got nerfed that was like auto included in your list, right? Yeah. Um, Phosphex quad mortars. So it really does like, I think uh, if we motivated people to start using like, like in this case, if this is already here, this is the way to do it. Start using like best coast pairing or something for your events, even your local events. It's free to get on here. Mm -hmm. It's free to have the list submitted and all that jazz. And so just start feeding them data because if this data is getting to games workshop already, then I don't see how the horse heresy side wouldn't get to games workshop either. Okay. So it's just something I've, well, we were straight a long way from hobby progress, but it is one of those things where, you know, you solved the heresy. That's part of your hobby progress. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, no, this no. week I was, you know, just kicking around doing work. And I was like, why don't I do this for heresy? <laughs> and we solved the heresy. All done. Take that Horace. <laughs> but, uh, no, I switched to death watch. Uh, I, my blood angels, I've gotten them pretty much. Finicio. Nice. So during the balance, uh, death watch were pretty up there and they're like the win rates. And so like now that they got balanced down to like not assholes, I was like, nice. Cause I bought a bunch of death watch. Hell yeah. And so, uh, I bought them from powerful Ryan and I just like been shelving them cause I know they're like really strong right now. And it just so happens the unit I bought, the stuff I bought was like the stuff that was like really strong. Oh no. And so I was like, Oh, I don't want to be that guy. And so now it's like, oh yeah, cool. They're playable without being that guy and still, still competitive. I will say of all the silly, unnecessary 40 K flyers, they added the Corvus black star is my favorite. Uh, it's, you know, just, just a little 40 K knowledge for you. Uh, so they've missed it twice in the FAQ once in the FAQ. And then the second time in this balance update, because they updated a lot of rules in the balance update. Okay. Uh, they've missed it twice already. Uh, on the black star, the initial rules say, hey, if you are a jump marine, if you're a terminator or a bike, because they can carry bikes because yeah. that, that you can include them in the squads and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, you count as two models. Okay. Uh, they forgot three times now because the original card, the FAQ and the balance update to include centurions in there. Oh, no. So officially... You're telling me they took the misericord away from the uh, the the Cestus assault ram, yeah. So and so, gave it to the Corvus Black Star. Yeah. So technically, the Corvus can carry twelve Centurions. Oh my god! <laughs> which is like <laughs> unheard. Well, they come like up to six per squad. They yeah, can- <laughs> but you can you can fit multiple squad multiple. They can share transports in 40k. Oh my god! So yeah, you could just say, "Oops, all Centurions," and just like you could have the world's most expensive <laughs> like crash and burn, <laughs> like <laughs> like. Uh, but yeah, no, they they fucked that up and still are fucking it up. So, uh, but I do have one of those. Maybe I put, they're just trying to sell Centurions. <laughs> I put uh, three squads of servitors in it with melt guns or melt uh, multi melters. Nice. I do surprise multi melters on people. It's funny. <laughs> People do still take servitors, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's st- you can still do that. Uh, you want another little bit of 40K knowledge on there? Sure. Did you know right now the the strongest single character in 40K? Like character. Like like named character? Like, like No, not named character. Unnamed character. Okay, the strongest generic character you can take? Yeah, it's a tech marine right now. Okay. When you say strongest. 
like uh, he's bonkers. Like he's Doc Ock. Like that's what like he's like uh, he's like a. So the way they write the, write the rules is like every weapon has its own profile. Uh-huh. And so like you get a melee profile for your your servitor arm, yeah. and then you get another one for your other servitor arm, and then you get one for your uh, like your welding thing, and then you get one for your axe. Yeah. Well, there is a. Um, there is an enhancement, which you can like upgrade your dudes with enhancements and they get like get better okay. with their enhancement. And with the enhancement, it gives all of your melee weapons, which it usually is like you basically only have two. Yeah. It gives you uh, plus two attacks. <laughs> and so like unfortunately they didn't calculate this whenever they were making the tech marine. So he's just slapping everybody around forever. Plus two attacks and plus two strength. So like it's like uh oh my god. So it's like this arm normally gets two attacks. Well now it gets four attacks. This arm gets two attacks. Normally now it gets four attacks. This little laser cutter gets one attack. Now it gets three attacks. So he just like and then in addition, if he watches one of his vehicles dies, his axe goes from five attacks to seven attacks, which is now nine attacks. And so like stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks. So like you drop him in with the drop pod, and if you kill his drop pod, he basically becomes the like the Hulk and just beats the shit out of you. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Just, but just Loki whips you around the room. Everybody knows what he does now. So like as soon as they see him, instantly annihilates his three wound ass. <laughs> it's they um, just last Jedi him. Yeah, they're like oh no, fuck that. <laughs> so, but it's fun stuff. Nice. So yeah, yeah. There's problems on the 40k side too, right? Okay. <laughs> not trying to not trying to support 40k supremacy or anything. Yeah, they they have their own problems. They just fix them a little bit quicker. Yeah. No, I I'm, I don't want a monthly balance update for Heresy. You don't? I don't. Monthly? Sign me up. Monthly. The meta needs to get shooken up, dude. So give me a give me a big one every year. I'll take a monthly. I'll take a quarterly you know <laughs> sign me up we, okay we we could split the difference at quarterly we can agree on quarterly shake it up a little bit right it's not only yet fucking night lords they got a little head a little big head right now <laughs> shake them up i mean hey they've been putting out some crazy releases that often because we've been getting a pdf with like a new faction about that often do you think they could squeeze in a little like uh a little rules update in there like a little rules clarification in there sign me up I guess. I think they could. Oh, absolutely they could. Looking at you, Andy Whore. <laughs> Looking at you. So, that's what I have. It's a lot of hobby progress. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. It's been a, it's been a long week. Yeah, it's a, a, a ton of cat, cat searching. And another half. A ton of cat searching and uh, painting Death Guard in my, in my hotel room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my Evo yeah, bag. I was, I was about to say, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, so uh, this week I was uh, traveling for work inside of, uh, I was at the Woodlands Resort, mm-hmm. and by the way, I caught the, uh, the somebody had fat fingered when they were riding, um, like it was, it's a Hilton property now, the Woodlands Resort, Okay, and uh, it's, it's this pretty nice little resort, it's got like a golf course on it, it's all this stuff, it's like a retreat for my work, and uh, they allowed us to use our points like if we got like hilton rewards my hilton rewards member so like they let us like eat our points for our rooms which is like really good because these are expensive as rooms cool. and so you get a bunch of points i was like cool you know we're gonna get to get like a bunch of points i get a bunch of hobby dollars in my amazon account because you can transfer hilton rewards points and amazon dollars oh wow yeah when i was traveling for work it was badass because i'm a diamond member so i get double points so a little pro tip for you money so anyway 
so I went to uh, this. I went to the Hilton website because if you you gotta like re-sign up for double points every year, uh, like double your double points. So I'm a diamond member, so I get double points, and you can sign up for double points, and so you just double your double stacks on stacks. Stacks on stacks. I'm a point whore. That's how it works. Um, so anyway, when I went to go sign up on the Hilton website, uh, I went to click on the double points, and it actually reverted me to uh, a Hylon rep website, H I L O N. Oh, okay. Which is like a hey, enter your password real quick. Hurry up. It's like hurry. It's like oh no. It's like and then like Chrome is like this page is not secure. Don't don't do it, man. <laughs> like this is like <laughs> and so uh, uh, turns out somebody fat finger like I guess somebody bought the uh, Hylon URL and was using it like as a Hilton fake and so yeah. like. At some point, somebody on the double point side, when they put in that URL where it's supposed to go to, they, they screwed the up. They forgot the T, and so it was like directing you straight to the, the super phishing site. The, the super phishing site. So I called them, and I was like, "Hey, just a heads up. You need to check y'all website out. Check y'all's website out." And the lady goes, "Oh my god, that's so bad. We're gonna let our team know immediately." Blah blah blah. blah. And you're so sweet. Thank you for letting us know. Here's 10,000 points. So I was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> That's like $20 on Amazon, sucker. So, yeah. Solid. Super cool there. Little Hilton, little Hilton story. Uh, so, anyway, uh, while I was there, I wanted to paint up some of my death watch because I got like a bunch like primed up and all that jazz. So, I packed up and I've actually just left my Evo go bag from monument hobbies. I've just left it packed coupon code RFI for 10% off. Yeah. Coupon code RFI. If you want 10% off of your go bag, um, I have it just set up at my desk. Like instead of using paint racks and all this stuff, I just have my, uh, my hobby bag on my desk. So it, that's just now your regular desk. I, uh, I don't use it to airbrush in all that stuff. Cause I don't want to airbrush in my bag. Fair. And so I have like a separate little hobby area, but I grab all my paints and stuff like that. And when I'm like, when I'm done for the night, I put all my paints back in there. And then I have a, a, a hard case that I keep my, my fake God hands and my, my glue and all that stuff. And I just zip it up and I, it's on a carabiner so I can like, just like latch it on there. And, uh, my cat sleeps on it. My cat loves it. Like he's like truly is like one of her favorite things to, to sleep on that. They don't really tell you, uh, that it's going to be, a uh, you can see here, they don't tell you that cats love it. It's super comfortable. But every time I wake up in the morning, that's where she's asleep. I oh, my truck. That's your truck. And so uh, I just leave it open for her. She sleeps on the cutting board. I, I, I picked up the, uh, the self-healing mat and all that jazz. So I, I, I wanted to take advantage of using it. And like, I oh, decked yeah. this thing out like fully. Like I've got the, uh, I've got a battery for it that powers a ring light. I've got a, uh, speaker on there with an SD card. I play Lord of the Rings whenever I, uh, stream. And so I have an SD card with like the full Lord of the Rings, uh, soundtrack loaded up on it. And Solid. it's like a little pill that I picked up from Timu for like eight bucks. Okay. And so it's like everything on there is battery power, battery charged. And I can just go set that out anywhere. And go use it. So you now have a hobby bug out bag. Yeah. So, and if you look here, I think, uh, let me see here. Am I going the wrong way? No. Wait, am I going the wrong way? I think I am. I will show you the go bag in action. So, so I took it with me 
and it worked like I wish remember like at the beginning when we restarted back up this whole podcast, Mm -hmm. I said I wanted a something to take with me that I could travel with that I could like paint my models and all stuff. That's it. That's exactly what I wanted. It's everything you hoped for. Everything I hoped for. And you can see like the way I have the ring light set up and all that jazz like that folds up and goes into the bag. It runs on battery power. Like granted, I have a a uh, a hotel light there, but just unfolded the bag, put it on that little desk right there, and uh, went to town painting my models. There you go. What was even cooler was I uh, had my little like cup, and I opened a water bottle, and I was washing my brush into the water bottle, and so I completely dirtied up all the water that was in the water bottle, and when I came back from uh, uh, from being out, room service had come in. And they had taken the dirty water bottle and replaced it with a new water bottle <laughs> on my go bag. And I was like, nice. <laughs> like, this, is, this is service. That's so, yeah. That's now, that white glove service. So, yeah. Now I got all my brushes. They're safe in their little box. But, like, truly, it's a. It's just the, the workstation. It is the workstation. And I, I work out of that at my desk already. So, like, it is. Hell yeah. If you are a traveler, if you travel a bit for work, but you still want to keep hobby and all this jazz, I was only out there for three days and I took that with me and like still got work done for those three days. And so was able to just sit there, paint, de-stress. I put on TV when I go and then just get it up painted and repacking it up is as simple as like folding both flaps in, zipping it up, perfect to go. It's a little pricey, but what is it in this hobby? There you go. It's it's the yeah it's, it's the, the, the one stop shop for the travel workshop. A hundred percent, man, love it, loved it, love to hear it. So, but yeah, I don't know, I think we're good. We're about an hour and fifty two minutes. So, yeah, it's pretty solid. I think next week, what do we have planned? So next week, I think we can do a deep dive into what all the hubbub is about these heavy support squads, the crab meta, huh? So yep. we'll do the crab episode. Who they are, what they do, what makes them so bonkers, <laughs> uh, what you can expect to see with them, and what you can do about it. I think that is a. I think that's a. That's gonna be a good plan. Yeah, I mean, it'd be real easy to just start like, oh, yeah, we just double the points. Oh, we just don't let them do this, don't let them do that. Well, uh, let's let's see what you can do about it, and let's see what happens when those tools become a little bit more. Uh, more more widely known and and just keep in mind guys uh if you remember last time when we did the assault marines episode we will have one episode where you got we will talk about what we think about the uh, in this case it's going to be heavy support squads and then the following episode we're going to ask for y'all's opinions so start getting those gears turning to start thinking about heavy yeah. support squads and, yeah, and y'all's what you do to take care of them all that jazz because uh uh, we're going to have to talk about them. I think it's going to be more of like a, here's not how to use them, but here's how more of a, cause how to use them is like super obvious. It's going to yeah. be more of a, yeah, you just give them last cannons, put a master signal or a tech Marine with them and then bing, bang, boom. Yeah. They do everything. By the way, on the, on the assault squad side of things, uh, I've gotten like some TikTok audience members that have told me that <laughs> they were super afraid of assault squads okay. <laughs> until our episode. And now they're not afraid of them and they're just bullying assault squads in their meta now because <laughs> they would avoid them. They wouldn't attack them in combat. They're like, I thought assault squads are really cool. And then you guys had your episode just dunk on them and you dunked on them. Hours. And then I took my cabanda. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh yeah, cabanda's going to run away from assault squads. Yeah. No, 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 no. And like, oh, completely one piece to squad. 
<laughs> then yeah. he like chased squads around with his cabana. Like Cabanda will murder one assault squad with a different assault squad. <laughs> yeah, so it was like he was like I thought assault squads were like really good at combat. So I, that was like one of those things I didn't want to send my heavy stuff into. It's like no, no, they're not. He's like yeah. Once I heard y'all's episode, and I realized how like not great they're at combat. I just charge them with whatever now. It's like oh, they are just strength four with shred. Yeah. So, so heavy support squads will let you guys know how to how to deal with those, how to play them, everything along those lines. Everything we know about heavy support squads, why we call them uh, crab meta, and yes. uh, and everything like that. So, uh, we do want to say a super huge thank you to powerful Garrett, powerful Duncan, powerful Matt, powerful Spencer, powerful Chris, powerful May, powerful Josh, powerful Thomas, powerful Duncan, powerful Scared Prime. And powerful Gabriel, you guys are exceptional Patreon members. Uh, we do appreciate you guys having some patience with us on our our missed episode there, uh, uh, allowing us to do cool stuff for the community and the hobby. Love you guys. Kiss, kiss. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys.